the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How does Christ's death affect us? What is it really supposed to mean to us? It should mean everything. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. For today's Core Truth, we are continuing our message titled The Depth of Real Love in John chapter 15. This is part two. The greatest love story that has ever been told on planet Earth where the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything has ever been seen or made had came down to the earth himself to live amongst his own creation. He humbled himself. He was born into a human body like ours. He was born in an animal stable. That was stinky and unsanitary. He was raised by a family that had no money on the wrong side of the tracks. And one night, the night that this text has been taken from, John chapter 15, right after he said these things, he was betrayed by one of his own disciples. And he established this reminder to the disciples and to all of us of what was about to happen. And we call it communion. Now, John doesn't record these actual, the details of when he actually had this. So I had to go over to Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. And Jesus said, take, eat. This is my body. As he took unleavened bread and he broke it in front of, of the disciples. And when he had taken the cup that he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. It was to be the last Passover to ever be celebrated. Remember, they were celebrating the Passover. That's what they were celebrating. But this was supposed to be the last Passover. See, many Jewish families today continue to celebrate the Passover where the lamb was slaughtered and the blood was put upon the doorposts of their homes so that when the angel of death came in to kill the firstborn of every Egyptian that he would pass over each of those homes that had the animal sacrifice on it. And that therefore started the whole sacrifice for our sins. And so there will have to be an animal sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. But now we have the Lamb of God had come to take away the sin of the world. Animals would no longer be needed to be sacrificed for the sins of humanity. The Jews, since the temple was destroyed in 70 AD... 
the land was completely taken from them because of their own sin and bondage. They went into captivity and were dispersed amongst the whole world. They had no homeland, no country of their own until May 14th, 1948. 1,878 years later, they got their homeland back. And now, since they've been there now for over 70 years, they want to rebuild their temple on the original temple mount and to start animal sacrifices once again because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So therefore, they want to start it again. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 9.22, and according to the law, one may almost say, all things are cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. But that's why Christ came to stop the Passover celebration because now he was the Passover. Christ the Messiah, the Savior of the world has come. He is the ultimate sacrifice. He is the God-man. And he himself was sacrificed as the last ever offering for the sin of humanity. Jesus told the disciples about this many times before they got here to the last Passover, but they simply didn't get it. He had said it three times earlier in Matthew. He had said it in John, and in Mark 9, 9, verse 31, he said this, For he was teaching his disciples and telling them, The Son of Man, and the Son of Man is a term that Daniel the prophet used in the Old Testament speaking of the Messiah. He says, the son of man is to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him. And when he has been killed, he will rise again three days later. But they did not understand this statement and they were afraid to ask him about it. They didn't get it at all. No, they thought that Jesus was going to set up his kingdom here on earth right then. That's what the Jews like, wait a minute, if you're the Messiah, you're going to set up your kingdom now. You're going to topple Rome. You're going to both topple them politically and militarily. And you can understand how they could think this because when it was talking about the Messiah, especially in Isaiah, who has so many verses speaking of this, 780 years earlier, he had said, unto us a child will be given, a son will be born, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Yes, this the Savior that would come according to Isaiah 43. There's only one God and this one Savior that's going to come. A Savior means that it's a deliverer who is God himself. He's going to come and deliver us. And then you go back to Isaiah 9, 6. You go to verse 7 and it says, And he will set up his kingdom and it will last forevermore. What they didn't understand though was in between verse 6 of chapter 9 of Isaiah and verse 7 You have to slide in Isaiah 53 because what John the Baptist said, behold, stop, look and see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Isaiah 53, they have no answer for Isaiah 53 because Isaiah 53 is the Lamb of God who took upon the sin of the world upon his body. Jesus will come back. His foot will stand on the Mount of Olives at the end of the tribulation period, the seven-year tribulation period. Then he will set up his kingdom and it will go on forevermore and we will all be with him and serving him at that point. But there was going to be a gap in the middle between him coming the first time 
to die for the sin of humanity and coming the second time to set up his eternal kingdom. Jesus' plan was so much bigger than they could have ever imagined. He came to die for the sin of all humanity. He was going to break the back of Satan who holds us in bondage to sin and death. I love that verse. It's in 1 Corinthians 15, 54. It says, oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. See, everyone's going to die. Every man, every woman, who gets out of this life without dying? Everyone's going to die. Everyone. It's like it's appointed for each man, each woman to die once and after this comes judgment. We don't like to talk about it. We just want to talk about life. But everyone dies. What Look what just happened at that aviation station there in Florida. You know, where some crazed, lunatic madman from Saudi Arabia opened fire. Here we are training them as pilots, and then he turns on us and shoots some of our people. What a dog. But it's what happens. Do you think those men that were killed in that thing, they just go in there another day. I'm just learning how to be an aviator. I mean, you think they were thinking, hey, I'm going to die today? You know, those were mothers and fathers. That was their son. That was someone's husband. That was someone's father. It's just like, and they're killed now. No one plans on dying. But look, by accident, our old age, our cancer, disease, something, we're all going to die. And this is what the Bible says. Oh, death to the believer. Where is your sting? There's no sting of death. Because the sting of death is the law. Because as soon as you die, now the law of God judges you. And guess what? No one can stand against the law of God because the law of God just says, you're guilty, you're guilty, you're guilty. And we already know it because God gave us a conscience inside. And that's why when you feel guilty, that's what I said earlier, because you're guilty. So you stand before the law and it's like guilty, guilty, guilty. It's like, well, it's not, it's not the way that it looked. No, no, we'll roll the tape. And then God says, not only did I see what you did, but I was reading your mind why you did it. Because the Bible says not only will you be judged for the physical act, but what you were thinking why you did it. And you can't go in there and say, well, I wasn't thinking that. God's like, uh, wrong. This is exactly what you were thinking. So we will have no foot to stand on. But he goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 50, 15, 54, he says in verse 57, he says, but thanks be to God. This is to the believer. Who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not bound. Death has no power over us. As soon as Pastor C. Wilburn dies, he's done. Where's he at? He's dead. Oh, he's buried. You know, he's worm food. But I am no longer in that body. Because now I have been promised to stand with the living God forever. We are free from the curse of the law because Jesus became a curse for us. Galatians 3.13 puts it this way. Christ redeemed us. He bought us back. It was a huge price to pay his own life. He redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written... Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That comes back to the Pentateuch, the Torah, the law of God. In Deuteronomy, the fifth book that Moses had written, the five books, the first five books of the Bible is the Torah. And he says in Deuteronomy 21, 23, he says, 
Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Because what they would do is if you were stoned to death because you broke the laws, and let's say you killed somebody. See, today we've taken away all the sting of the law. The Bible says, you take a life, you die. Not talking about the military. Not talking about rising up against some wicked nation and going to war and killing people. That's not talking about that. Not talking about justified killing. Not talking about a police officer who takes down someone who's trying to kill other people. Not talking about that at all. He's talking about, you hate your neighbor and you go kill them. Talking about, oh, you went and took this guy out because you don't like him. Okay, when that happened, you would have your own life taken. You'd be stoned to death. And they could hang you on a tree for the day. God says, you can't let them hang overnight. But on the day, so people could look up there and say, cursed is that man. So therefore, I better not kill someone because that's what will happen to me. See, we have taken that away in the United States. Now it's like, oh, the poor person. It's like two wrongs don't make it right. No, if this guy goes and kills a bunch of people, he needs to die. Okay, that's why the death penalty should be happening because that's according to the scripture because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 8.11, it says, because a sentence, because an evil deed has not been executed quickly, therefore the hearts of the sons of men are given fully to do evil. If people know that they can get away with it, they will get away with it. And that's why we see these unheard of numbers happening in Chicago in other cities, in Baltimore, where people are killing people because there's no fear of what happens to the person who's killing people. Yes, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And in Luke twenty-two nineteen, Jesus says, this is my body, which has been given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I'm going to allow my body to be cursed for you. What Jesus is saying is every curse that should come on your life for the sins that you've committed, I'm going to take all those curses upon my body. I'm going to pay your bill. I'm going to pay it all. Jesus says, do this now in remembrance of me. That word remembrance simply means don't forget the magnitude of the sacrifice that was made for you by me. That's what he's saying. Let us not just rush in and partake of communion here. People will rush in and take communion. There's some mainline denominations that you go to this, the service, the mass, and they just, you know, communion, everyone gets communion, okay? Or just uh, every single week, every Sunday, communion, communion, communion. It's like all of this. I've seen it in Christian churches, big churches where they'll roll it in on carts with wheels and everyone gets handed, yes, we thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. And everyone takes a communion. Okay, we got that out of the way. We don't take communion super often here at this church because I like it to mean something. It's like, he didn't say do it often. He says, do it in remembrance of me. And I like it to be part of the text. Here we are on this very night, on the last Passover before Jesus was getting ready to be betrayed by his own. And it's just like, yes, let's talk about it right now because this is where it happened. So first we have to have the bread here. What does it mean? We have unleavened bread. Leaven is like a yeast, and it's used in the Bible many times talking about sin. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Yeah, how much yeast to put in and how much the bread rises. And it's like you allow sin in your life, it'll grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. All of these things. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. So Jesus took unleavened bread and he broke it in front of the disciples. He broke it. He says, this is my body. 
symbolizing the sinless life of Jesus. The fact that it's broken represents how Jesus was bludgeoned. He was broken. He was pierced through. Yes, Jesus was brutally beaten and crucified for you and for me. As the Bible records that he was so marred, you couldn't even tell he was a man. Quite different than what you see like in the Catholic Church and these other big mainline denominations. You know, Jesus, sad look on his face, crown of thorns, a little bit of blood running down his cheek. That is so unbiblical because the Bible tells us you couldn't tell he was a man. He was so bludgeoned. The movie that Mel Gibson made on Christ and the, and the crucifixion, that somewhat depicts exactly what happened. It's like he just was so brutally beaten. The Bible says they pulled this whole beard out of his face. They beat him with rods and clubs in their fists and they spit in his face. At any time, Jesus could say, you know, I'm done. He could have just wiped everybody out. But because of his love for you and for me, 2,000 years later, says, no, I'm going to endure this pain. I'm going to endure it for all of my people. Then he held up a cup symbolizing his blood. Yes, the blood that was paid for the sin of the world was the blood of God, the creator of the universe. Sometimes you'll sin so bad and you think, I just can't forgive myself. Oh God, oh, how could God forgive me? I'm such a wretch. It's like, it, it was the blood of God that washed away your sin. It's bigger than your sin. No matter how gnarly and nasty and evil your sin is, God is bigger than your sin. I love that verse in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13. And it says this, For if the blood of goats and of bulls and of ashes and a heifer sprinkling those have been defiled, sanctified the cleansing of the flesh, meaning the old sacrifices that God allowed to have happen, If you killed a bull or a lamb or a goat or a turtle dove, that blood that came out of animal, if that was able in God's eyes to wipe away your sin, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse our conscience from the dead works to serving the living God? Wow. Yes, we must stop for a moment. We must consider what has been done. How does Christ's death affect us? What is it really supposed to mean to us? It should mean everything to us. Think about what our plight was before we met Christ. Think about who we were before he came into our lives, before the light of the world shined upon us in our soul and opened our eyes, before the living water gushed within our very hearts ourselves, before the bread of life filled us. Yes, we were lost. We were without hope. We were dead in our sins. We were separated from God. But now, look where we stand today as believers. We are redeemed. We have been bought. We have been forgiven. We are hope-filled and life-inspired. No matter what we've done in the past, we will not be held accountable for that in the future. We as believers can now live with the hope of heaven, a future eternity in the very presence of the living God. Yes, what joy we have. He says, do this in remembrance of me.
And that's why we cannot be flippant about taking communion. We are warned, warned in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven. do not take of this in an unworthy manner. Meaning, if you are not a true believer in Christ, you for sure cannot take communion. Maybe you're here with a loved one and someone's inviting you to church. Maybe you're doing your duty for your spouse. It's like, I just don't want to hear about it. I'll just go to church and whatever. Okay, you cannot take communion this morning. If you're a backslidden Christian, you are a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter and you're doing your little duty here, but yet you are fully living in sin and you have no desire to repent of that sin. You know you're living in sin, but you just think, well, I'll just kind of, you know, the good outweighs the bad. I'll carry the book. I'll sing the songs. I'll go on Sunday. But then all week you just live in sin and it's like you have no desire to change. You cannot take communion. If you have a heart of mockery towards Christianity, you're just here, it's like, again, maybe you're just here because your spouse and just the whole thing's a joke to you, or you for sure cannot take communion. And if you do, under those circumstances, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11.30 that many have fallen sick and some have even died for taking communion in an unworthy manner. No, we don't just dole out communion here. Oh, you're in the house, take communion. You know, get in line and have it handed to you. So what are we to do? Or we should just, to those of you that, that don't meet the criteria, should you just let it slide on by? Absolutely not. You shouldn't let it slide on by. The Bible says what you should do is examine yourself. That word examine means to scrutinize your own life. It's like to look at yourself in a mirror. What are you doing? How are you doing? How are you living? Is there any unconfessed sin in your life? See, again, communion should be a time of reflection, of looking at yourself. First on what Jesus did for you by dying on the cross, The fact that he loves you in spite of you, that you can't do anything to earn salvation. Well, well, hold on, but if I put some more money in the offering, will that get me into heaven? No. What if if I serve? What if I sell my house and give all the money to the poor? No, it will not get you to heaven. What if I just sacrifice and sacrifice everything I... No, nothing gets you to heaven except for Christ and him coming in your heart. Salvation is a free gift. God cannot be bought off. That's why he died on the cross. But not only is communion a time of reflecting on what Christ did for us, it's a time of worship. It's a time to praise him and to thank him. Then it's a time of introspection. It's a time to really examine and scrutinize. Where am I really at? It's a time to really come clean and repent of our sin. Know this, everybody here should take communion today. Everybody should. You should not leave core church today without getting right with God. He's like, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We need to repent of our sin. We need to return to this merciful arms of our gracious heavenly father. For that is the will of God for you, because he loves you more than anybody could ever love you. That, my friend, is just why he died for you.
Amen. That's all the time we have for today's message. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word, that's Core Church LA, to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Hey, ever want to go to the Holy Land? How about going with Pastor Steve Welburn? Just want to let everyone know we're going to Israel in 2024. That's in May of 2024. So here we are several months away. Gives you time to really plan for it. But we only have a few spots left. So I encourage you, if you've been wanting to go to Israel, you've been wanting to walk in the Holy Land yourself. You know, look, as soon as we get off the plane in Tel Aviv, guess what? We're going to go to Joppa. That's where Jonah jumped on the ship to go the wrong way. If you've ever wanted to go to the Holy Land, it's a trip of a lifetime. So why don't you come with me? Now, it will require you to hang out with me for 11 days, but hey, there you go. I encourage you to go to our website, corechurchla.org, and check it out. Get signed up and go to Israel with me. May of 2024, tour the Holy Land with Pastor Steve Wilburn. For more information, corechurchla.org. CoreChurchLA.org. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.